From Migration Media, this is Migratory Patterns. I'm your host, Mike Shaw. My good friend Adriano, who I've known since she first moved to China from her native Romania back in 2011, is a person I've always admired. From an early age, she stood out from her cohort, people who came of age just as her country emerged from behind the Iron Curtain. She discovered couchsurfing in its early days and was an active member in the local community, constantly hosting visitors from abroad. Those interactions showed her that there was a big, fascinating world out there, and she's been exploring it ever since, traveling through countless countries through the last decade. She sat down with me during my recent visit to Shanghai, and we had a deep discussion about the nebulous thing that seems to be within everyone who chooses to migrate, or has the ability to choose to migrate. Are we born this way? What triggers the desire to move, to explore ourselves by searching for new opportunities over the horizon? This was an exciting interview for me, as I don't get to spend time with Adriana as much as we would both like. We're actually kind of roommates for several months while she was transitioning between a job in Beijing and moving back to Romania to complete her certification as an architect. So we know each other quite well. But as you'll hear in our chat, there was still plenty for me to learn about her history and what makes her the super cool person that she is. I think that you're going to adore her just as much as I do. So sit back, relax, and enjoy my conversation with Adriana Taban. Adriana Taban, welcome to Migratory Patterns. Thank you, Mike. Where is home? Um, currently, my my current self feels home in uh, in Shanghai, but as you know, I come from Eastern Europe, and my home for a long while was in Beijing, right? Which is also where we met. Yes, you're one of my oldest friends. Probably, yeah. You're probably. The first one of the first few people that I got to meet and still actually keep in touch with, uh, also because you're still here. <laughs> so, you know, it goes. sometimes it's by default. <laughs> That's the story of my life. Friend, friend by default. Come on, no, I mean it's there's definitely a, a measure of uh, of will here for sure. Well, yeah. I appreciate that. So you said uh, currently your home is is Shanghai. You feel at home、yeah. in Shanghai, and it was before in Beijing. And you're from Eastern Europe.、Mm-hmm. Can you talk a little bit about why it's different? Do you do you feel home wherever you are? Because I know you travel a lot. Well, to some extent, there is that you know basic feeling of home wherever you lay your head.、Uh, but yeah, there was. My most long-lasting self so far was at least until I was in my early twenties, right?、Uh, growing up in Romania, and then、um, I think because、uh, I was thinking about this about this question for for this little thing we're doing now, I think the morphing into my second self, which could also be my my current one now. Happened when I when I got on couchsurfing. Oh yeah, <laughs> yes, I think that's what it was. The good old days. Uh, well, even to begin with, the fact that I joined that thing, uh, that website in two thousand seven, I immediately started hosting people, and I went out with people. With This all, is in Romania, right? Yeah, yeah, in Bucharest, where I was studying. And the most most of the first few few、uh, couchsurfers I had over. I really just went all out there and tried to make it super fun for them. So I'd call all my friends, and we would all go out. So we all had a really good time with this, you know, foreigner person landed could have landed from the moon. It was like the same thing for us, right? It was we didn't have a lot of openness and a lot of contact with other people at that time. 
Romania is really a homogenous place in any in any way. I mean, it was at the time. That was probably just a few months after we had joined the EU. So it wasn't like a lot of, you know, students studying abroad. It wasn't, uh, you know, people coming in the country for business and stuff like they, they would do now. So it was just a really, like, a really opening up time. And, um, yeah, so we all, me and my friends, all went out. I was the only one having a, a profile, and I still pretty much am the only one out of my friends. Even though we all had the same experience uh, on, on a surface, right? We all felt really casual with whoever I was hosting. They never went that extra step to even uh, to have that experience independently for them to choose who they're going to host and for them to craft that experience or for them to expose themselves or, um, you know, just have somebody in their space. And I think that was where I could see the difference. I was really surprised. How come you guys aren't really jumping on this? It feels like this is such a fun thing to do, right? Isn't it super refreshing? We're doing the same thing that we've been doing for so long. But now you have this extra element that brings their own, uh, you know, their own topics of conversation. So that's when I, that's one of those things that kind of set me apart from people and just keep keeping to do this, keeping, um, keep meeting people. And, um, I guess, um, it, it became more and more of a one-on-one thing. So they stay, weren't that, that much into hanging out all the time. Like I was with the, with my surfers. So that, that really, uh, I guess pulled me, pulled my, um, showed you that you were different. Oh, well, different. I guess we were just into something. I don't know. I'm not sure if it's really different. I think in essence, well, at that point, I think it was just that I was very much into experiencing new stuff more than, uh, more than them. And with every new person that I had over, there'd be, you know, uh, shining a light over something, right? Uh, I mean, countries were just an abstract uh, subject and an abstract uh, theme to me until you actually meet someone from there and then they tell you well you know actually we have this thing called Vegemite (laughs) (laughs) and it's basically some salty yeast thing and I'm like oh really wow this is this is excellent um (laughs) you know what what even if it's a stereotype like this it was still uh something that uh maybe uh, friends of mine from my small hometown uh didn't have you know so it's just Bit by bit, step by step, I would, I would, I just became a bit more aware and have some kind of minimal knowledge about other places, which really started making me feel like, hey, I could really get it going in some other place as well, right? So this is, so this, this is kind of, I, I'm, I'm imagining you, cause I, I also know you, but I'm imagining you kind of, waking up into the person that I met you as who you were still pretty much like this is this is new for me because you've never talked about this experience before and it makes sense to me knowing you that this experience would wake awaken something in you open your perspective maybe and you would say hey I can go somewhere else and and it'll yeah. be like this all the time yeah for sure I mean um when did you make the decision to move I think I wanted to do that pretty soon after I started meeting people. You were, so you were still in university at the time? Yeah, I was only halfway through university, so that couldn't have happened for a while, even if I wanted it to, because studying abroad was totally above my family's budget at the time. So, yeah, but I wanted 
wanted to do that, I think, within the year. I mean, <laughs> I was desperate to just go and have that, that level of being stimulated at all times, you know, because that's basically what it is, right? We're just... People that choose to live like this, uh, it sounds like... <laughs> it sounds like we're junkies. Sounds, exactly. But we are. We oh choose God, to live such, like this. We're such thrill junkies, yeah. though. I think that's what it was. I mean, as soon as I got that that hit, <laughs> I just wanted it. Yeah. And uh, you can't just uh, have it every now and then, you know, whenever someone fun and lively comes and wants to hang out i just wanted more more stuff at all all the time right uh more of these these uh foreign influences just the level of unknown right it was really exciting and still is i realized um there's there's a word for this it's neophilia 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 yeah when it's the high of the something new Oh. And uh, there's neophobia, which is, you know, the anxiety about, oh, my God, I, I can't predict this circumstance, therefore I'm going to get anxious about it. Or, you know, people that don't like a change in their routine, that would be a neophobia. But I'm Oh, neophilia, neophobia. I, oh, it makes yeah, Okay, I get it. I'm, I'm totally about that neophilia. <laughs> <laughs> That's some good stuff, man. <laughs> Try to, I'm trying to balance it out because of My course. My dealer is <laughs> I order it online. But it's about everything. I mean, it's about, you know, getting the weird stuff on the menu, just, just trying to switch things up all the time. And, of course, there's, there's downsides to that. Uh, I'm trying to balance those out. I'm trying to... You know, stick to something, uh, you know, get more of an in-depth thing. We're talking about work things earlier, right? I mean, like at, at the first, at the, f maybe like the second, at, at the second hurdle, I'm like, okay, I'm going to move. This yeah. is, this is not a place for me. Just, yeah. That can be the dangerous part is to, to yeah. know that you can always adapt to a new situation yes. the moment it's, you don't like anything. I you can, can do, I'll just go. to it, but you know, um, and I'm totally fine. I actually, I, I feel like, like I thrive. I'm, I'm the, my best self in a new environment. You know, mm -hmm. I like to like crash a house party or something like that <laughs> when I don't know anyone. It's totally fine. It's, I feel like I'm really in, enhanced in so many ways. But knowing that I'm, I'm also about the, always the chase, chasing the, the thrill. Uh, is something that makes me stick to uh, stick to people that I have issues with, just to try to get the the depth as well. Uh, stick to my work despite occasional issues because I just don't want that kind of a surface experience. So I need to find my impulses when it comes to these things. You know, this it, I'm kind of seeing you in a new light now because I have often thought of people, and I I've talked about or I mentioned being able to identify the people who are running from something. There are people who move overseas and they hit some kind of obstacle. Like they'll do fine for a year, maybe two, but then they hit the same issues that they had in their home or their, or the place they came from. Mm -hmm. And then they'll just move on. And what they're doing is they're really running from something. They're not being themselves. They're not being their true self, but you're this interesting anomaly where you actually thrive. You're not running from something. You're running towards chasing. Things. You're running towards <laughs> things. And it's really interesting. And, and I've always admired and been a bit jealous of you because you're much, you're much more adventurous than I am. Actually, let me just say this. Intellectually, I would say we're just as adventurous. Like I like to think about going places, but you actually go, <laughs> you know, you're, um, I've always been jealous of that of you. And I'm wondering 
comes with downsides. Yeah, well, there are downsides. <laughs> the, everything is everything is a, a light and dark. But I, one of the things that's come up in a in a couple of conversations recently is this idea that there's something intrinsically inside us, the people who live overseas. You know, one of, my, one of my best friends from home, he talked about wanting now in his life, he wants to straddle both worlds. He wants to feel a little bit like he's got some kind of regular contact or maybe a toe in the water in where he came from, but he thrives overseas and he, he really wants some element of both in his life. He straddles. And I'm kind of noticing that in myself as well. Like I've, I used to never want to go back to the U.S. to visit. I had no desire at all. Oh, yeah. It's but, definitely kind of starting with me as well. Yeah. So. But w- the point is, there's just that thing inside that I wouldn't be happy back in America. You know what I mean? I would have I have to be out here to be my, my, my be best self. Back. You can't be back because you're just, you're just a different person now. Yeah. Right? Yeah. You, you've been here a decade. Yeah. You and, can't go to a, an environment which largely has not changed for you, right? America doesn't change just like that, right? Maybe um, there's superficial changes, but yeah, the the essential superficial yeah, changes. Yeah. Society did not uh, right. did not change like you know you would think of other countries that are going through massive and really uh, fast forward change. And if you leave for a decade and come back, you might find it as more stimulating than it used to be because of whatever energy is there, right? I don't need to mention China for this kind of a reference. <laughs> um, so yeah, a, a place, a place like that, like Western Europe and also maybe Eastern Europe because, uh, the economy doesn't allow for massive leaps. Um, there, you know, some instances of, of whatever you grew up with is still going to be, is still going to be there, but you have changed so much because we've exposed ourselves to all, to all, like all these experiences. Yeah. The being, the being um, on your own somewhere on the other side of the planet is something that maybe is not so hard to do anymore. But like when you did it, you know, I mean, I remember when I came for, when I first came to China, 2011, I mean, I was, I was really struggling to find deodorant and things like that, which are really not an issue anymore, right? So being, doing this now is not as as telling about a person's internal makeup as it used to be 10 years ago yeah right? i actually think shanghai it's, it's much is much more approachable therefore it's not it, it it brings it brings out more people and more kinds of people as well yeah i think shanghai is is a is a city where you can see that really happening because it's a lot easier to live here as a foreigner so you can say i quote went to china or i lived in china yeah. and you're in shanghai it's like really <laughs> I mean, you're in China, definitely, but sure. it's also just a global city that is open to foreigners. So yeah. it's just different. It's not really yeah. what it would have sounded like 10 years ago. For yeah, sure. yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. So this makes me think about you being from Eastern Europe uh-huh. and how different that kind of upbringing is from where I grew up, yet we both kind of had this same calling to live this kind of life. Do you th- it is a primal calling, regardless yeah. of where you come from. Yeah, maybe. there's this, there's this like fundamental commonality between mm-hmm. people who ch- choose to live overseas. I mean, obviously, there's plenty of people who don't have the choice and they're running, you know, for whatever reason. But um, there are the, those of us who choose. There's just something about there's something about there's something happening inside us that that is so common and. I'm I'm struggling, and I think that's what this this 
podcast series is about is trying to maybe identify it or find it. Every time I sit down with someone, I'm looking for it. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? But it might, might be a different thing for every person. Um, some calling to do something or other. I think for me, it was just, a, um, yeah, the discovery and also, um, maybe, maybe I'm also very like extroverted and, um, it's all about the interaction with the surrounding, right? Um, China is not exactly the place for extroverts necessarily when it comes to a social group, right? If you're going to have a social group here. That yeah, they don't prefer you stand out here. Yeah. It's not, it's not, um, it's not that they dislike it, but it's not a place where you're going to hang out with local extroverts by default, right? Maybe in some aspects, Eastern Europe is where people are more casual about being themselves and not really so concerned about, um, how they come across, right? But what I mean about extroversion is like genuine interaction and, and, you know, trying to resonate with your immediate surroundings and people being genuinely curious. So in that place, I think Europe tends to be not trying to generalize or whatever, but it is much harder to get people curious about things in a place where things happen on a predictable pace. Rather than here, I think there is that kind of, uh, openness out of sheer realization that you totally don't know everything. And I think I can maybe make an uh, analogy with how my parents must have felt after the revolution at that sudden opening of, uh, you know, and the flood of information, even before like the internet was even a thing for us. They just, I remember them, um, uh, holding that kind of eternal position of, um, how do you call it? humility about their 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 ideas right and i i know that i really took advantage of this growing up as a teenager uh my parents just felt like it was wrong for me to to let me get out of the house wearing that at that time of night but also they were like maybe this is normal <laughs> maybe this is normal for for young people and we don't really uh because we you know they grew up uh, with the socialist values and stuff Maybe this is normal and it's us that aren't keeping up, you know? So I could see their confused faces and, you know, they, they were rather conflicted inside. It's like, should, I, should we like, should we allow this? It looks wrong. It feels wrong. But like, what if our, in, in that aspect, I think that's really great. I think they, they really did the right thing there. They um, let you go out wearing that. Yeah. <laughs> that was the right thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I guess. Uh, <laughs> um, I mean, there's also a merit in me not getting myself into too much trouble. But I think there's that spirit here in which people hold that position of, uh, you know, maybe I don't, I don't see this as normal, but maybe it is normal for, for these people, right? Like for people from wherever they come from, which is a, a very lenient position to, to people that, you know, come from maybe modest backgrounds in these cities and they are exposed to people from so many countries with so many ways of being and and they don't take it as um contrasting as maybe a city in uh in europe would appreciate a wave of foreigners from all the continents you know what i mean so they absorb it they just they've seen a lot of their, at their in their lives and uh, it takes a lot to uh to be shocking someone here you know so that's 
I'm not even sure this makes sense, but I definitely feel it. No, I, I, maybe I, maybe I'm going to have to sophisticate this uh, this impression that I have now into something that makes more sense. But yeah, I think um, I think this is the place where you're free to be whoever, because there is less of a of a immediate reaction to to who you choose to be. You know, it's just everything goes at this point. Everyone's on their own path. Everyone's had their everyone has their own struggles anyway, so no one's actually going to look twice at you if you you know want to get out of the house wearing pajamas or whatever. No well, one's gonna, no I one's think gonna of, care. I think of that in two ways. I think there's two big factors that contribute to that, and it's the first is when you move to a new place. This is this would be true anywhere, not just in China or Shanghai, but if you move anywhere new. No one knows who you are. No one knows where you came from. No one has any preconceived notions about you based on your what school you went to, your regional dialect or whatever. You're just a foreigner. And you are whoever you present yourself to be. Uh, and if you're lucky, you are you're just being yourself. You're not running from something or hiding something. You're just being yourself. And, and that allows for your you kind of discover new ways to express yourself. The other thing, which I think is, and I I can't speak to other countries, but I know in China, especially because you're a foreigner, you can pretty much get away with wearing, doing anything. And they just go, I guess that's what foreigners do. (laughs) Right. I mean, yeah, uh, for sure. There's that aspect in which uh, if I get away with, say, not wearing a headscarf in a country where headscarves are mandatory, that doesn't mean that they're suddenly very lenient about women, right? About uh, women wear. So I understand there's a double standard here. Maybe they just mistake your purple hair for a headscarf from a distance. <laughs> you would hope, but no, actually, I did get um, oh, did you really? some, some, stark, uh, some stark advice. You travel quite a lot, actually. <laughs> yeah, well, um, so... Two things about what you just said earlier. One was that that one about the double standards. And the other thing was I am being my same self. And I was definitely at the time quite strident when I moved to Beijing in just the way, I guess, the way I look. And it was my same way of looking back home in Romania. But I would get so much verbal abuse in Romania, seriously, just from random people really? on the street. Yes for dressing like a clown or having a weird color hair, you would, I mean, people would have that kind of self-assurance that they have to have an opinion about you and they have to say it, which you wouldn't get here. And I, I'm not sure if, because people, again, even though, yes, it is China, people are still not homogenous here, right? So people in the big city are from all over, all over the country. Yeah, China is incredibly so diverse. So I would yeah. think I would just venture out into this wild guess that if I were a Chinese girl wearing what I'm wearing, they would still not get that kind of abuse, perhaps, because people here have seen more. I mean, they have at least that, not in a big city. They're a bit maybe. more more reserved with how um, you know, they, maybe more just aware of the fact that there there are many kinds of people <laughs> even within within their own country many kinds of citizens of china and it's not for you to start commenting on how someone decides to wear their hair but again i'm not sure that's i'm not sure i don't have a not even an anecdote about that it's just a hunch that i have of just uh, noticing uh, the dynamics uh, between uh, people in the subway people on the street 
I hardly see anyone, uh, you know, making a making an obvious comment on on a stranger. So you feel you've been able to be yourself, your true self. Well, I was my same self uh, before, like in that transition time. Mm-hmm. Same look, same feel, but I it was just more freeing to be on the street and not get um, not get any kind of nasty comment. I talked about it before when my with my friend as feeling like weight lifted off. Like I don't, yeah, I don't have you know, I don't have hair hair color that's uh-huh. unusual, and I don't wear lots of. Uh, metallic stuff. I don't, I, I don't, exp- I don't, I don't show anything on the surface that would be necessarily out of place except for our, you know, all my Boston stuff. Mm-hmm. But just in my interpersonal relationships and the way I was able to just be myself and like, oh, these, this group of people like me and I'm not altering the way I interact with them. I'm, I'm not filtering myself in any way and they but just how like did me. You feel like, you want to filter yourself before. Well, okay. So I think maybe this happens to most people. I'm assuming it does, but you know, you're one person at work. You're one person with your friends, maybe with your closest friends. They know who you really are. You're one person with your family, depending on re- your yeah, relationship. That's just with normal them. Uh, filtering. Right. <laughs> that's just like categories, like various instances of yourself. Yes. But, but I, did, but, but I you think... feel like you're faking yourself at work because yes. you don't really yeah well okay so faking this could be a linguistic thing or this could be just each okay. of us having our own faking, yeah, yeah my I, vocabulary is limited let's, no, let's your vocabulary uh, is not limited but <laughs> but i mean when i say faking i mean i think that filtering in any way is faking so if i'm not acting a certain way or if i'm not expressing my ideas for certain reasons i am filtering myself but i maybe you're not the same self all the time i don't think uh, there is like a i think there are variations within within even within one year i agree right i i agree but i Just think put another self forward yes i i don't disagree with you but i think the the greater context of the culture that i was growing up in and the, the the choices and pathways that were laid out for me were based I on these wonder. so sorry to interrupt yeah i wonder how much of this is perceived pressure i think it's all perceived pressure no one is actively telling me don't don't do this but you get signals and you interpolate right you interpret so, so maybe bo- we can't read the body language or whatever other kind of uh language here uh, <laughs> that's actually not that's actually not a bad true. theory it's not uh, a bad we theory we just can't read those um we don't know how to filter yeah we don't know how to filter ourselves so we don't <laughs> so let's just yeah let's just randomize everything so we can be clueless about all the things that were holding us back you know in our places of origin yeah yeah it could it could be just this yeah which is no no small thing yeah i I feel I used to tell people I feel more free here than I did at home in America, but that was not understanding my privilege. Like, you know, that's, that's agency and privilege and I'm a white foreigner. So I, I know I get a certain amount of leeway to do stuff and get away with stuff. And, you know, it's kind of, it's both good and bad. You know, it's good that I can do stuff, but it's also bad because you recognize you're, you're being actively, it's actually also a form of discrimination. I'm not crying about it, but. There are also plenty of opportunity, plenty of times where they just kind of shake their heads and they're like, oh, he's just a stupid foreigner. Like, they're not letting you get away with something. They just don't want to deal with you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, I don't want to deal with this idiot foreigner. And um, that, 
you know, that is to get that feedback a lot. If you're not, if, if I feel like if you're okay living in a place that's foreign, that everything is foreign, you'll, you'll be okay with that. Like you, I can, I can do it. I mean, it's just uh, swapping one thing for another, isn't it? I mean, uh, yeah. For people that really enjoy um, exposing themselves to new things, they, I, I can swap having an in-depth knowledge of a place that I already know very well. Uh, so that's what I did, basically. I know that so many of my day-to-day interactions and aspects of life are probably superficial because of, yeah, just uh, just uh, the effort that I've put in so far to learn the language is definitely not, not uh, up to par with what it should be. But... Um, yeah, you gotta you just have to choose. There's only this this much time in a day in a in a year, and what I choose is like to sample various lifestyles, various cities, various places, because uh, that does it for me so far, and try to get depth from other things. So where is this all leading for you? Oh, wow. that's a big question, right? <laughs> eh? um, I'm not even talking about the specificity of a career or a professional. I'm just like, so you, you're, you're thriving. I don't know. Do I have to have answers? No, you don't have to have (laughs) answers. Not having an answer is an answer. Where is it going? I mean, you travel a lot. Are you looking for something or are you just craving that interaction and that newness? Well, yeah, there's that. There's also, the need to be more aware of things and places uh, through experiences rather than just reading about it and also ex- try to feel the the vibe of a different place and I think I'm, I'm receptive like that to things and to places and to, yeah, architecture, of course, is what I do as well. And I think I'm still in a, in a formative emotionally and, and maybe mentally formative phase of my life in which I'm still just trying, trying various things, trying to get some depth into, yeah, trying to make more of my professional efforts be a bit more coherent rather than jumping around from one project to another. I want to dedicate myself to something. I want to really face the hurdles and solve them as much as I can. But still not, um, I'm not ready to give up this, um, this lifestyle of, um, learning so much through direct experience. I actually don't think of it as a lifestyle when I think about you. I think of it as a way of life. And that's different how? <laughs> I think a lifestyle is something you choose. I think a way of life is something that is an expression of who you are. Uh huh. Yeah, I think there's a bit of that, uh, just comparing myself uh, with my sister, for instance. I think I've uh, inherited some traits from my dad that I'm uh, in some way uh, actualizing in ways that, he, that, that weren't available to him at the time. Um, my sister definitely, and that that's of course, this has uh, some shortcomings as well. And my sister inherited some really great character features from my mom, uh, which also have some kind of uh, downside in, into what I would feel is a satisfying life, right? So very risk averse in some, in some aspects. <laughs> uh, so I guess if my parents managed to uh, 
balance out their respective uh, traits. I think, yeah, maybe me and her, I'm just, we're just very, uh, we're, we're taking it and running with it. I mean, she, she also lives abroad, but in a much more uh, controlled environment. Is she in Germany? <laughs> yeah, Germany. Germany, right. So how often do you get back to Romania, to Bucharest? Uh, well, I've just been, and I also spent four months when I left Beijing, right, and my hiatus between uh, uh, Beijing and Shanghai is when I went to Europe. You know, it was like that, that four-year mark where a lot of people feel like, yeah, they will go back to what they know. And I thought, oh, wow, I guess I guess this is it for me, right? Yeah. Um, even though I really didn't, I was so confused at the time. Not, not really confused as in... I was just a bit numb, so I guess that's why I left. And you know, I left all my stuff in Beijing, knowing that. Uh, I know it was in my place. <laughs> <laughs> you know very well. Um, uh, yeah, knowing that it can't be done for me in China, I was just maybe a bit. Um, you can you can get a bit a bit numb from all this from all the various uh, stimuli. I think it was possible. I think that was actually what happened. So I just wanted to get a bit of perspective. So I went back. Uh, I also went traveling a couple of places in Europe, went to see my sister. They are really uh, trying to lobby the idea of me uh, working in uh, Hamburg. I was like, nah, you know, it's just... Sprechen Sie Deutsch? Already, uh, no, no, yeah, that, would, that wouldn't be such a big problem as me not sprechening the local lingo over here. <laughs> um so, yeah, I went to Europe. I spent time um, getting back with some friends. A lot of my friends that had moved to China to profess uh, had already moved back and started their own thing over there. So they are, yeah, they were, yeah, uh, you should do this, come here, you know. So these are friends that you met in China who had no, been no, no, there um, and they moved back? Friends from my university, we all graduated and a bunch of us, a bunch of us moved to China for work opportunity. And uh, by that time, they, some of them had already moved back. Uh, but I... Even though, yeah, they're very, um, you know, have their private practices over there, I guess, uh, a lot more agency on how they spend their uh, their day-to-day. I still felt like it's, I'm not really, um, I don't think I'm going to move to uh, anywhere slow in Europe. If I'm thinking Europe, it needs to match to some extent, the intensity of, of big city China for me. So I think that's, I, I come from a really small place, but I really get uh, recharged by um, big city energy. You know, I don't have the house on the mountain fantasy for, for later on in life. I'll still be that old lady in, the, in a tiny place in the absolute city center of insert metropolis. That's, that's how I see myself. I, this is what this is. I guess uh, this is what I like. You know, I That's like who to, you are. I like to go to uh, <laughs> to one of those dark pits of very loud techno on a work night on my way home. Right? This is how I. This is how I relax after work. <laughs> sometimes go there alone. No mate. Don't make any eye eye contact. It's pretty dark anyway. No one would care. It's some grimy underground pit where you just listen to this kind of very hard stuff and it's it's a kind of release which uh, i don't know going home watching a movie will never will never do this for me 
I need uh, I need significant effort to be sat down and focus on a movie. This is not. I'm honestly not surprised you've. I'm honestly surprised you've sat down this long and <laughs> talked to me. Like this is the longest we've had a sit down conversation I'll, since. I'm a bit tired. Yeah. You're, you're, yeah. This is the best time for me because the alternative to this is me going back to work. <laughs> Well, I won't keep you from work any longer, and I won't keep you from your underground techno places any longer. I really Maybe a few hours left, and yeah. it's Friday night. <laughs> I really appreciate you sitting down and taking the time. It's been a pleasure. Hey, um, I hope I made some sense at least uh, at, at some point. You did. Well, there you have it. What a great conversation that actually flew by for me while we were talking, and there was lots more we wanted to discuss. In fact, we're already thinking of ways that we can make another interview happen. If you've got any questions for Adriana, or if you've got themes, questions, or topics you'd like me to bring up with any of my guests, please get in touch. You can contact me by email at mike.shaw at migrationmedia.net. I'm also on Twitter at ZAX2000. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll see you next week. Mm-hmm.